Welcome into episode 135 of the Natural Hattrick Podcast alongside Craig Morgan. The Natty Hattie. And Jamie Eisner. Unlike most of the Cavs, we're still here. <laughs> I'm Luke Lipinski. Uh, let's do that hockey. You guys ready? Let's do that hockey. Jamie's a little distracted by the NBA trade deadline. I don't blame him because everybody just got moved in like the last eight minutes. But uh, the NHL trade deadline is about a little under three weeks away. I guess we could start there real quick. Math has it at 18 days. 18 days, yes. Yeah, that's under three weeks. Okay. That is correct. Uh, any big... Any, uh, is any, any of this going to be on the test afterward? <laughs> yes. You will be, be on the quiz. Test. What do we think about the trade deadline? That it exists? <laughs> it's a really open-ended question. <laughs> um, oh, you want specifics? Okay. I'm glad they have it. Who are the uh, Buffalo Sabres going to trade? Let's I always think there. about like weird things. Like, what happened, like, how would the trade deadline work in the real world? Like, I decided we're going to trade like leftovers to the athletic for, I don't know, a, a vending machine. This is my fault for asking such an open-ended that's what, question. That's what I think about the trade deadline. All right, let's focus on The, the yeah. kind way of phrasing that is future considerations. Yes. yes. Can, no, cash <laughs> considerations only. A heavily protected vending machine. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's focus on the NHL trade deadline then, since I was not specific. And any names that anybody is hearing that you feel may actually get moved. I, we can start locally if you want. Craig. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you will speak. Do you want me to respond to the New York Post report? Is that what you're I just leading you to me into? Anything. I just <laughs> I don't like, even care what you talk like about. My mouth is being held over the water now, and I should drink. <laughs> is that what you're telling me? I don't care what you do. Just <laughs> okay. do it audibly. So the New York Post reported that Max Domi is there for the taking, to quote Larry Brooks. Um, maybe not so accurate. Okay. <laughs> So you're so, saying we shouldn't turn to the New York Post for our Arizona Coyotes news? For, for any news, for okay. that matter. Okay. What you should turn to the New York Post for is headlines. They, they write great yes. headlines, and that's about all they do well. Uh, in terms of Max Domi, he's struggling. Teams call. GMs have lots of conversations throughout the season, okay? Yeah, I'm sure this one just happened to make player. the light of day, and the manner of – or the – depiction of it was probably portrayed inaccurately. Um, teams call about Max Domi because he's struggling. They wonder if they can get him on the cheap. That's not going to happen. Now is not a good time to trade Max Domi. He's not, he doesn't have the baggage that Anthony Duclair had, so the Coyotes aren't actively shopping the guy. That said, John Chico will probably listen to offers on just about anybody if he thinks it's going to dramatically improve the team. Um, the, the guys that I would leave off that list are Oliver ekman Larson and Clayton Keller. That's about it. He'll probably listen on anybody else, that doesn't mean he's going to be active at the trade deadline. I don't think they will be active at the trade deadline. Yeah, I mean, general managers do their due diligence. You would want, a, you know, you look at players that are struggling on other teams. We've speculated, like about Sam Bennett, for example. You have to ask. That's part of your job. Hey, is this player available? Can you don't say this, but can you can I get this player at fifty cents on the dollar? I think there's more potential there. That doesn't necessarily mean that teams are trading, as, we, as we've talked about before. GMs call, you answer the phone. Technically, you have had discussions with GMs about trading Max Domi. Doesn't mean you Th- that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, he's there for the taking. So okay. Just make me an offer, okay? You can have Max Domi. It doesn't make any sense to sell low and buy high. No. So, no. I, I mean, I'm not a stock market aficionado. He's shooting 2.8% right now. That seems absurdly low. Yes, it, that should normalize at some point. And also, again, you don't trade young players for pennies on the dollar when you don't need to. There's, there's no need. Some but you shouldn't. But you shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, also, the next time the New York Post gets a Coyotes news story, right, will be the first. The first time. How did that first Coyotes season in Vegas go uh, um, last year? Actually, my, <laughs> not as good as this Not as good as the actual Vegas, Vegas yeah. season. <laughs> Nobody's ever been that good. Uh, we'll circle back to the Rangers shortly. But we are about four months and a week away from the Boston Bruins hoisting the Stanley Cup. <laughs> yeah. They uh, they never lose anymore. They they really don't. I mean, I, I was as guilty of this as anybody, but I thought for sure we had our first round series between Boston and Toronto locked in in the Atlantic because they were going to be 2-3, whatever order they finished, but they weren't catching Tampa, and certainly nobody behind them was catching either of them. And that the second part's definitely true, but Boston's a point out of first place with a game in hand. This is unreal. Yeah, and when when we go all the way back to the start of the season and look at our predictions for the season, I think all three of us had Boston as a bubble team for the playoffs, mm-hmm. and now they're a legitimate cup team. We we had uh, 
Kevin Paul DuPont from the Boston Globe on the show a few weeks ago to talk about what's going on there. And, and clearly some of their some of their players that have been around for a while are still playing at a high level, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, but it's really the young players that are driving this team and it's more than than just a couple of guys. They've had contributions from almost half dozen guys. So it, they've really turned the thing over well. And it, it's amazing when you think about all the great players that have gone out of Boston over the last few years that they've still been able to rebuild it this quickly and get to this point. Yeah, they, I mean, they have three point-per-game players on their team right now. Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, and Brad Marchand, who's 51 points in 39 games. All three of those guys are over 20 goals as well. They're scoring throughout this lineup. It's not, not even just their young guys. Who are, we saw that stat a couple weeks ago. They're getting the most contribution out of any of the rookies of any team in the league. But that top that up line, while you're talking. But that top line has been the best line in hockey this year. Yeah. And I think there's there's no way to no other way around it. When earlier it was the Stamkos Kucherov line. This team is for real. I mean, they have all of the pieces from two or three years ago when they were a cup contender. Those pieces at various points were either injured or struggling. Tuka Rask has really bounced back this year after really struggling through the last season and a half. I I mean, it's tough not to look at them as a legit cup contender. They win their next ga- they win their next game, they have the best record in the league. I'm fighting my uh, weekly fight against NHL.com. So uh, in about an hour and a half, I'll be able to tell you which Bruins in particular have been playing the best hockey over the last month or so. What Wait, is it? It's, I thought your laptop would be dead by then. Well, but that's when NHL.com okay. will load Bruins okay. stats in the last month and a half. The Bruins are 17-1-3 since December 18th, which is obviously Remarkable. The, uh, the, the best record in hockey in that time. Actually, when I was looking this up, the top three point producers in the NHL in that time are all Pittsburgh Penguins, which kind of surprised me. But if you look at the Bruins stats... Imagine Luke bringing that up. Yeah, since, just just casually throwing that into conversation. Well, because for some reason I'm, I'm not allowed to just look up Boston's stats. But when I saw it, it looked like they had about 10 players in double-digit scoring just in the, that stretch, which is 22 games, 21 games for them. So I don't... How many, how many legit... Stanley Cup contenders do you think there are? Not like, okay, this team is a playoff team and they are going to win a series or two, but how many teams, if you had to make a list of teams you actually think could win four playoff series and win the Stanley Cup, how many would you have on that list? I've got three in the Eastern Conference. Okay. Tampa Bay, Boston, and Pittsburgh would Agreed. be three teams. And, that, and that's where that line that's stops it. for me. With all due respect to Washington. In the West? You, you're not offering any respect to Washington. In the West, Nashville would be on my list. I think Anaheim is still on my list. I, I'm telling you, Anaheim's going to win the West. I just, I, just, I just feel like... I still have Vegas on my list. Yeah, and, I still have Vegas. And maybe Winnipeg. Winnipeg as well. The West is a little harder to read. It is, because a lot of those teams, they don't have the the peak of... Like, even as good as Vegas has been, I feel more confident in, let's say, Tampa Bay or Pittsburgh to go on a crazy run just because we, we've seen it. Where in the West, I look Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, Vegas, Anaheim. I mean, all I can make legitimate cases all five of those teams, when healthy can get to the cup. But I don't feel quite as strongly about them as I do about the teams out east. I got it. Ten, ten Boston Bruins have double-digit points since December 18th. Most of them have played between 17 and 22 games. Patrice Bergeron, 26 points in 22 games since then, in addition to everything else he does. And that's 17 goals yeah. in those 22 games. It's too bad. He's I think he's 40th overall in points in the NHL. He's not going to get any consideration for MVP. And again... It's just so skewed toward offensive production, and but what he does at but the he other end, limiting. He, he is, but he's 40th. Nobody's going to win when they're 40th in the league yeah. scoring. And my but, laptop, which has an hour and 11 minutes left, is now gone. So. Oh, it's it's died. It yeah, died. that's okay. it. Yeah. R.I.P. Your laptop. Apparently, time switching to the still. phone. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, I think if I'm if I'm looking at the West, I, I'm with both you guys. That it's it's Boston, Tampa, or Pittsburgh in terms of teams that could actually win the cup out of the east. In the west, I I don't I don't really trust anybody other than Nashville maybe Anaheim to actually win the cup. Right? Like Vegas is better than those two teams, but do we see Vegas winning the cup this year? I mean, uh, possibly. They, I mean, they have as good a chance as anybody. Well, let, let's let's stop for a moment and consider how how confident we are in Anaheim winning the cup. Yeah. And think about their playoff history. I'm not that confident. In or, that or, or the cup. fact that they're you know, in 11th right now. Yeah, I could see them getting to the conference final, winning the cup. <sighs> well, I, I think the I East is winning think, the cup this year. Yeah, I, think so I, I just think the, the cup winner is going to be in the Eastern Conference. But 
we, we look at this. Anaheim. Unless it's Vegas. That's not going to be. Although I don't, I'm not sure I pick Vegas over <laughs> completing the greatest expansion season in the history of professional sports. If they win the Stanley Cup, this is going to go down as one of the top what five best stories in sports history. And actual like I on didn't field take the time play. to rank all of sports history. Well, do it. You've got three show, seconds, but I, I think that's in consideration. I mean, not like off the field emotional tearjerker stuff, but just on the field of play. Yeah. At least surprising. It might be number one, really. Well, if they were to win it might be. Cup. It doesn't Seattle's hurt. Seattle's so lucky. They're it not launching the, next season. Yeah. yeah, they are. Well, it doesn't hurt. The Vegas has the greatest player in NHL history and the nicest human being that ever graced this earth, in Mark Andre Fleury, according to the world on Twitter. Yeah. By the way, can can we talk like about Fleury that a lot. little bit? I like Fleury a lot. Me I, too. I really like the way he everything was handled in Pittsburgh and that last season and the train, all that stuff. But we need to calm down on this Mark Andre Fleury's oh. Mother Teresa stuff, right? Well, but that that was <laughs> it was very weird, wasn't that? Yeah, it got it did it got to it the got point weird. of creepy. It got like, weird. Okay, look, can we acknowledge the fact that he was a really bad goaltender for about four seasons? No, oh, I acknowledged that for four seasons as it was going on. <laughs> yes, you did. But it wasn't. To be fair, he wasn't a bad goaltender for four seasons. He was a bad goaltender for four post seasons, and he was absolutely horrible. Yeah, he was. A, he was a mediocre goalie during those regular seasons. If you look at his numbers, but in the in the postseason, he was awful. How about the year that awful. the Penguins were the top-scoring team in the playoffs in the first round and got eliminated in the yep. first round? That was fun. That's tough to do. But you have to have a goalie that's giving up like seven goals a game to, uh, to pull and that again, off. And again, it's nothing necessarily against Flurry. Just It was a weird obsession that was happening on, on Twitter. But that's very, you guys are yeah, talking about strange. the game that was his return to Pittsburgh, right? Yes. Okay. You had to expect that. It, it was almost like people... There was, there was like a lust... For Flurry, yeah. there was some saying was, this wasn't like people a... felt badly about oh how we treated him before. Yeah, I don't know. there was just I don't know what was at play there, but it was just bizarre. It, it was felt, over the top. Yeah, it, like it felt like somebody that felt like they treated somebody so poorly that they went oh we, we better all go over the top to make up for it. It was just it was just weird. It, well, it got to the point where it went from oh this is a nice and this return to like this is very strange. But you guys, well, you guys weren't both there. But Jamie was there. Craig was on vacation again. I'm, I'm sure. Again, during said, yeah, again. Wow. he said again. What a dig yeah. during the uh, expansion draft when in Vegas. I mean, the Penguins that were there were. I was in Chicago, as a matter of fact. Yeah, watching, probably on vacation. Oh, the expansion draft, watching Timo Polkan and get claimed by. <laughs> the <laughs> hockey getting, world was rocked. And getting, I know he won't mind this. Getting a Us sitting in the awesome, most cramped, awesome text yeah. message from John Chica. <laughs> Like, who had Tamu Falcon in, in the poll? <laughs> well, well, Nobody. We, yeah. Well, we were, like, well, Luke and I were sitting in the most, like, cramped media area of all time. Yes, just imagine all of the yeah, NHL media, right there, huh? except Craig, because he was you, on vacation. You guys like Vegas. But, yeah, I was in Chicago for yeah. the draft. Yeah. You know, yeah. things were happening with the Coyotes. No, nothing was happening that week with the Coyotes. What are you talking about? <laughs> they lost Timu Falcon in. That was it, right? Yeah, that um, but the response... The response, well, yeah, and, and some others, too. Shane Doan and uh, Mike Smith. And Busy four days, I guess. Dean and, uh, oh, no, that was, well, yeah, that was. Well, at least they bounced back. At least they bounced back from those losses and are right now in a playoff. Uh, they are playing hockey. Oh, yeah, well, we can't even say that they're, you know, they've turned the corner now since, the, they since can't February even, started. They can't even see the corner. They started turn to turn the corner, the corner I mean, but can't then even they see the corner. They didn't actually. It's like when you when you get your car to a point where it needs to turn and you turn the wheel, but nobody's hitting the gas right now. So I would assume at some point here they'll hit. We should the continue gas. to make analogies. Like we should. Why show. don't you make an analogy based off my analogy, and we'll just get completely lost. Uh, but the response from the Penguins players and from the Penguins media in Vegas when Flurry got drafted, even though everybody knew he was who Vegas was building their team around. Yeah. I just I I've brought this story up on the podcast before, but I remember Crosby coming out for his media availability and nobody and nobody even to looking him. at him. Yeah, and even he was asking about Flurry. Like Crosby's media availability at the award show last year was him asking the media where Flurry was. <laughs> so I, I think at that point everybody sort of felt bad of this guy was a, actually a big part of Pittsburgh winning the cup last year. And he was back in 2009 as well, and now we're shipping him off to an expansion team where he's going to have no chance to win games. But now he might make the Stanley Cup, so I don't know how uh, how bad everybody needs to feel for him. Right. That's yeah, like, I, I, again, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you, you, you gave us a lot of good years. You won, we won Cup with you as a main goalie. We also won Cups with you without her being the main goalie. But there's nothing wrong with that. There was just a weird vibe around it. It was, it was as if it were Sidney Crosby coming back. It was, it was that level of... Heading yeah. for or, a player. Like this he, was Mark Andre Fleury. This was not the face of the franchise by any means. It, like it felt like there was there was like a funeral. 
like almost in a way of like people were talking about him and like in the in this way of like oh you know gone too soon it was just very strange like it was it was like I'm like are, are, like he's alive he's he might face you in the, the he might Conference. face you in the Stanley Cup final <laughs> uh, a couple teams that probably aren't going to the Stanley Cup oh wait is this an admission I want to, I want to, everybody quiet everybody quiet. The New York Rangers will not be going to the Stanley okay. Cup, and uh, Jamie has a statement from the That's Rangers. That's all you're going to say. Well, I, I want to do this in order. Okay. So, so should, I, should I just read this entire statement? Please, Please read this okay. statement. Yeah, hold on. Explain, the statement's like contact. a thousand words, though. We no, want him to read the whole thing. In 17 tweets, the, the Rangers put yeah. this out. <laughs> all right, so uh, Glenn Sather and Jeff Gordon sent this out, too. I'm assuming season ticket holders, and they put this on their website. I don't feel like Twitter. we need to read the whole thing. Oh, oh no, I, I want the whole We're going to read this whole thing. Jamie's going to – which voice are you, Donnie? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. As a member of the Blue Shirt Faithful... This is going to take three hours. We consider you a part of the New York Rangers family. Oh, that's nice. And always want to ensure we share important news about the organization directly with you. Today we want to talk to you about the future. As you know, since the 05-06 season, we have been a highly competitive team. We have played 129 playoff games. That's that's nice. Won the President's Trophy, reached the Conference Finals three times, as well as the Stanley Cup Final. Then what happened? Well, I, I, that wasn't I, in the letter. I, 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 I added some stuff happened. to the letter. <laughs> It'd be great well, if it wasn't the letter. Well, we're proud of those accomplishments. We didn't reach our ultimate goal of bringing the Stanley Cup back to New York. So as we do every season, we have been continuously evaluating our team, looking for areas that can be improved to enhance our chances of winning. Defense, We've forward, been, <laughs> and, and eventually goaltending. We begin the process of reshaping our team this past summer when we traded for assets that we believe help us in the years to come. As we approach a trade deadline later this month and into the summer, we will be focused on adding young, competitive players that combine speed, skill, and character. Character like Anthony D'Angelo. Again, this is an editorial from Craig Morgan. That's not See, in the letter. I think it's better when it's coming from my voice yes. and Jamie's. So this may understand. mean we lose some familiar faces. Guys we all care about and respect. Rick Nash? Well, this is part of the game. It's never easy. Our promise to you is that our plans will be guided by our singular commitment, ensuring we're building the foundation for our next Stanley Cup contender. There, here's the, and this is my favorite. Part. This is really the only part you had to read right here. There are no fans like Rangers fans. You are passionate, loyal, and true. You fill the garden every night, and we always know there will be a strong showing from Rangers Town in every building across the league. Twenty-five million in Greater Metropolitan New York will do that, won't it? We do not take your support for granted. We appreciate that you have always stood by us, and we ask you to remain by our side as we lose, excuse me, undertake this exciting new chapter filled with promise and change. We will keep you informed as this process takes shape. Thank you for incredible loyalty, pride, and respect, and your money. I'm sorry. You showed the New York Rangers each and every day. We are trading all of our good players soon. How do you think this went over in New York? I don't know. I'm reaching for a tissue. So uh, th- this has taken two routes. People that are not in New York are praising the Rangers for being open and honest with their fan base. We are like rebuilding. People in New York are making fun of it the exact same way I made fun of it. I'm The only thing that I am disappointed in is where they have the line that there are no fans like Rangers fans. You are passionate, loyal, and true. The next sentence should have somehow ended with the word blue. Yeah, right? true. I mean, Young, wild, and free. Like I don't know. I don't know what else they're what they're gonna do there. Also, Rangers Town is what they're calling their people that show up to away games. I mean, I'm glad they just didn't go Rangers Nation like every other sports Rangers franchise Town. in the history of the world. But Rangers Town in New York City that just doesn't work. Yeah, Town. You can't, you can't drop Town in New York City. I definitely think small town when I think Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. The small, the small. So last week in my predictions, I had the Rangers uh, and two other teams missing the playoffs: um, the Blackhawks and the LA Kings. Are you ready to at least admit that two of those teams are not making the playoffs, Luke? Uh, well, the Rangers aren't making the playoffs. Correct. It's clear that the Rangers that they are, are making the playoffs. Um, I just watched L.A. put six goals on the local team, so I'm not ready to right. write the Kings Right, that wasn't the second well, team well, I, I mean, also, to be fair. Talking about, actually. Uh, okay. When you get to play I'll, an I'll AHL team, like, I, I expect you to put six goals on at home. Yeah, and they're not, they, they don't exactly have a, uh, a cushion in the playoffs. Like, yeah. LA's obviously still in the playoff picture, but they the accomplishment third right now. you scored six against the Coyotes. How, how far are they out of the playoff spot? LA's in a oh, playoff Oh, you don't know because your computer's dead. Right? I do know because uh, my phone, is, phone. Is, is, just has the Western Conference standings pasted LA's in third in the Pacific. They're one point above not being in the playoffs. But they're exactly. one point out of being second in the Pacific, too. And how far are the Blackhawks out of the playoff picture either. now? Oh, it's stretched to seven points now, hasn't it? All right, let's let's talk about the Blackhawks since I feel like that's what Craig's been trying to do here. We can still talk about the Rangers. No, we can I talk about that lovely letter. Why, why? Rick, Rick Nash. It, talk, yeah, you asked earlier about Rick how, Nash is a guy who's going to be Nash. moved. But and maybe Ryan McDonough too, if, if the deal's yeah. right. 
Um, but with the Rangers, at least they're, there's a part of this that I respect. They're telling people, we're rebuilding, guys. Yes. It's over. Okay, accept it. That would have been a much shorter Which is kind of what Toronto did, right? Toronto did it incredibly fast because they got Austin Matthews. Yes. But that, that, I mean, that's the big difference. Is unfortunately, they don't have anybody remotely close to Austin Matthews coming for them. So right. we assume the Rangers will get the first pick now in this year's draft? Rangers or the, or the Blackhawks or the Kings? Or the Oilers. One of those three. It won't well, be they'll the probably Kings. go one, two, three. Some, some, something in that order. Which right? teams need the number one pick the most? Right. Okay. I think Which it'll be the markets, Rangers. I mean, teams. Los Angeles, if they miss. Yeah, I think I think the Rangers will get it. Of those teams, you just, I mean, Edmonton obviously will get it because <laughs> it's Edmonton, and they've done so well with the pieces they have. She's the first-round uh, pick on a new GM. The Rangers are going to be uh, – I'm surprised he hasn't traded one of these picks yet. I guess he's traded the players that those picks have turned into. I, I don't I, – honestly, I don't know how ownership can look at what – what is happening in Edmonton right now? We're not there not yet. Directly blame this. Okay, on we're still on the office, we're still okay, on the, the three Rangers. big markets. So, so the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, they're missing. That division's too tough. Yeah, and yeah. we've been looking all season for. We need at least three teams that are going to miss the playoffs in that division. They seem like one of them. And they basically just waved the white flag. They did absolutely yeah. wave the white flag. I mean, so, look at how far they are out of the playoffs anyway. I can't because I don't have a computer. Oh, but Sorry, I thought you were doing it on your phone. Well, I'm trying to look at, at Chicago's stats because that's what I want to talk about here. Okay. I know all year long and all last season, and to be fair, three years ago when they won the Stanley Cup, you've talked about how Chicago has problems on defense. But I watched that team the other night after the Coyotes game. I've watched them actually a few times now in the last couple weeks. They don't score goals. Why do you think that is? <laughs> I feel like I'm in like a, a therapy session or something. Uh, I, I maybe well, because of your childhood. yeah maybe 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 they have deep rooted issues mm-hmm. and they start on the blue and line. No high end feel, Luke. Well, they make me feel happy because I'm sick of Chicago winning the Stanley Cup, if you must know. But they also make me confused, Craig. How does a team with Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane? I thought you were going to break into Seinfeld for a minute there. What's, how does a team? What's the deal with uh, and Brandon Saad as well? I mean, this, they, they should be able to score goals. Alex DeBrincat is scoring goals, and they're still not scoring goals. It'd be neat if they played more in the offensive zone. That would probably help. Yeah, they should look I mean, into that. A good start. Yeah. That's definitely a strategy they should. It'd be neat if their employ. defenseman could get them the puck. That would help. It'd be nice if they had defense. But they only have Duncan Keith. Yeah, but to not score goals, I understand that they they were set up. I never thought they would win the cup this year. I thought they would make the playoffs. Um, after watching them get handled by Vancouver. But it's scoring goals as a process. I know a lot of times we talk about specific players that can finish, and that's obviously a huge aspect of it. But it's a process. If you don't have somebody to get the puck up the ice and, and get up in a timely fashion, or if you're hemmed in your zone the entire time, you're not going to get good situations to score as often as they have in the past. Yeah, I understand that. But their defense wasn't great last year either, and they were still scoring goals. So They had Artemi Panarin was, last year yeah. too. And their defense was, was pretty good. Again, a little better. It yeah, was not good last, last yeah, year. Yeah, it too, wasn't good, so. but it was still a little better. How does Jonathan Taves only have fourteen goals? That because he doesn't score question. anymore. Like that's basically a goal per million dollars you're paying him. I understand he does other stuff, but uh, like, what do they need from Jonathan Taves? More Patrice Bergeron production wise. Yeah, Patrice Bergeron would be a great. Example, yes. I'll take that. I mean, that's... For as much as you're paying. You're not going to be productive offensively, then you better be one of the best defensive players in the game. But Bergeron is productive. Bergeron has more goals in the last month and a half than Taves has has all year. more points than Taves. So, that's that's a problem. But he's not the the only line that we've talked about, of course, is a problem. Brent Seabrook's contract is a problem. Artem Anisimov's contract is a problem. Now they're looking to move Brandon Saad. Who hasn't been anything special for Who them they this sent year. Artemi Panarin to come yeah. to get? Okay, what's going to come back in that? So we'll be looking at Artemi Panarin for what now? A couple second round picks? Is that what we're yeah. talking about? That's insanity. Once again, their GM is screwing yeah. this up. It's, it's over. It's over. It is over. Their run is over. Unless they can reshuffle and have a, a couple of these elite players still in place. They, they never should have traded Panarin in the first place. That was insanity. Yeah, that felt like they had a problem that they had they created themselves, and so they were trying to chase that problem by yes, taking right. another risk. And as it turns out, that's exactly what the issue was. Although at the time, I think most people just thought that that was a shocking trade. I don't know that people really thought it was going to be this lopsided, did they? No, because I thought they. I think everybody thought you would get the Brandon Saad that left. Right. 
and that's not what they got. Well, and, and again, and who, who's the missing? team around him is not. The I'm same sorry, and we, we we failed to mention another player who's missing aside from Nicholas Chalmerson and Artemi Panarin. Marion Hosa is no longer on yeah. this team, and he had a great impact. I know he's he's an older player, but he had an enormous an impact. impact. He was team. still impactful. That's a lot to take out of a lineup in one season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but essentially the sod trade happened to get Taves more support on that top line, correct? That, and they were Partly. afraid of uh, Panarin's contract moving forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, Chicago right now, 56 points. The second wild card in the Western Conference at the moment has 63. That's Minnesota. It's yeah. not happening. So, I mean, Chicago And they're, they're going to have to jump teams, and one of them being Anaheim, who we all believe are going to make the playoffs. Well, I mean, we did the show a, a little over a week ago. They were four points out, and they still had to jump teams, and I was fairly confident they would still make it. But uh, they haven't picked up any points since then. No. And when, if you're not winning, then you're going to be in trouble because these other teams are, are – I mean, they're closer to Edmonton right now than they are to a playoff spot. And I hear everything Craig's been saying. I agreed with a lot of it at the time, except I thought they'd make the playoffs. I don't understand how a team with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and Duncan Keith can miss the playoffs. Because that's it. It's them and to bring it. Well, they've got some young players. I mean, Nick Schmaltz is having a good season, too. They've, they've, they've infused some youth. Again, and I, I wrote this a couple weeks ago, that I think they should follow Pittsburgh's model. You may have to be out of the out of the race for a couple seasons, but you might have enough pieces. If you can figure out your cap situation, move out some of the horrible contracts, and infuse some more youth, some more speed, some more players like Pittsburgh did, you might be able to make one more run at a cup before this whole era is over. Yeah, the problem is if all their players are locked up. Yeah, well, see, that's Brent Seaver's contract is an albatross. But yeah. when, when Pittsburgh... And right now, Connor Murphy's contract doesn't look awesome either. No. Yeah, it's it's not a big number at no, least, though. No, but so. they need every dollar they can get because yeah. they're, you know, Taves and Kane are signed for forever. When Pittsburgh dropped sort of off the face of the uh, the hockey world, they didn't have they didn't have Crosby or Malkin or these guys tied up with, with money or, you know, years of their careers that they were going to have to waste when they dropped off the map. Chicago, I mean, if they drop off the map for a couple of years, I'm not disagreeing that that's the, maybe the best way to get back to the point where you're winning cups. You're basically wasting the rest of Jonathan Taves' prime. Mm. Yes. And in some respects, probably the rest of Patrick Kane's prime and Duncan Keats as well. So then are these three guys all hanging around for this process if they go down that path? Or what are you doing? I mean, if you're really trying to bottom out, well, well, I know that you need I to mean, bottom out. Also, I, keep in mind, Duncan Keith is five years older than Caden Davis. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, there's a little bit difference there. Also, let's yeah, also he's better than Taves right now. Correct. But I'm just talking about like who's still who will still be around in two or three years. When we're talking about being at a high level of skill. Well, I just I don't know if they if they. It feels weird to say, but I mean, if Taves is making 10.5 million a year and you're where, going in the direction of missing where, the playoffs, who's taking that contract? I I see. I still think he has something left, but. It's not a matter of him having something left. It's a matter of a team tying up that much cap space and a player that is basically playing like a second liner right now. But we are, So are we sitting here saying if, even if they wanted to trade Jonathan Taves, which I'm not saying they do, but even if they wanted to, they wanted to, to trade Jonathan Taves and 100% of his contract, I, I would say it would not be as easy as I think you think it is. I don't know how easy it is. I'm just I'm sort of thinking out loud. I mean, I'm sure there's a team that would take like Vancouver. I, I know I've been it's sco- an awfully big number. To I know I've been there. scoffed at, but I, that that compliance buy it. I'm telling you, that's I know you have. If you get more than one, and you can you can also get rid of Seabrook's deal. Yeah, Seabrook's the one. That's I, the one you have to get rid of first, but. But that compliance buyout that you're talking about that doesn't even exist yet. That's still it's two couple three years away. Years away. Two yeah. years away. Two, two or three years away. Also, by the way, we also haven't talked about we talked about some of this, this Pittsburgh comparison that Crosby's taken less money than he's worth every pretty much every year. Yeah, I don't know why. So yeah, let's go back for a second because even Malkin took a little bit less, and yeah. Crystal Tang took a little bit less. Crosby's taken; he's still being paid perfectly fine. Yeah, he's still he's, making his eight point seven. But but he is taking less money partially just because I think he wanted the eight and the seven in his contract because those numbers <laughs> seem to mean a lot to him. But it's it's the reason they were able to get Phil Kessel, and if yeah. without Phil Kessel, they don't win these last two cups. Yeah. We talked about this way back when Kane and Taves signed these things too. What yeah. it was going to do to their to their cap yeah. situation. Now you can make the argument that Patrick Kane has been worth the money. Yeah, he hasn't they, been worth ten point five million. Not this year or last year. He's been a pretty good no, but player he's but he's, he's, but he's not been good. much around him, right? Yeah, and we talked about this a little bit with McDavid's contract. I never blame a player in any sports league for trying to get the most money they possibly can. Oh, I don't. A very either. finite amount of time. Yeah. But you have to know when you sign a deal like that, you have to live up to 
the, the money in that deal because there's an expectation of fans, it just in all sports, we've seen this, this labor versus ownership strife that plays out in with fans. Fans are going to blame the player if he, he makes a lot of money and the team is struggling to sign players because of cap problems. The two differences, though, we agree McDavid's a better player than Kane at this point. Yes. But, sure. but, 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 what, I'm, but what I'm saying is when we're comparing alone, yeah. this is Jonathan Taves is getting extra criticism because when you sign a – I don't blame him for wanting to say, hey, if they're willing to pay me $10.5 million, I'm going to take my $10.5 million. Yeah. But you take that knowing if I don't live up to that kind of a contract, I'm going to take a lot of heat for it. But the flip side, too, the second point I was going to make is that Kane and Taves have already won cups, so I don't True. know. I mean, it's it's a lot harder, and I know you can use the Pittsburgh example, and Crosby still took less money, but at the time, I believe that was when Pittsburgh had only won the one cup that, uh, yeah. in his yes. era, at least. I and mean, also, that's his prerogative. If his, if his again, every every player has to weigh what they want. If in Crosby's mind, it's worth. I'm. I know I could make two or three million dollars a year more, but I will get more enjoyment in my life if I am closer to being a cup, if I'm a cup champion or being in contention every single year. I'm willing to give up the the, the cost, the opportunity cost of two to three million extra dollars, so that goes into the team, so I have a better chance to enjoy my experience with the team. That is the player's decision to make if they want. And you know, yes, that should be commended, but that doesn't mean that a player like Taves or Seabrook should be accosted for taking the money when they have it. No, but the reality not. is, is when you don't live up to your contract at any number. It's going to be a problem. No, and, and in fairness to the, to the Blackhawks, with, with regard to Taves, I don't know if they could have seen this coming. He had meant so yeah. much to the franchise at that time. They were, I don't you know could, if they could have done anything there. Yeah, you, you can see. And, and if you're going to, what are you going to do? Say, we're going to give more money to Patrick Kane than we or are to you. You can walk. Yeah, Call Jonathan yeah. Taves three or what? Did we signed a deal three or four years ago. Brent Seabrook, on the walk. other hand, what are you doing with that yeah. contract? What, that made no sense. Well, part of the thing that you have to consider when you're giving two forwards that much money is their their production's probably going to go down because you're not going to be able to, to afford to put anybody around them. But I guess the question here, because you're right, we all three of us were all over those deals right when they were signed, and I don't know that any of us predicted this. I mean, they haven't won a playoff series in what looks like it's going to be three straight years now because they might not even make the playoffs this year. If, let's just say, Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves went the... Uh, I don't, I don't want to say the unselfish route, but whatever. They, they took a little bit less money. Let's say they each took $9 million a year instead of $10.5 million. Would the team really be in that much of a better spot right now? That's $3 million a it's, year? Stan it, Bowman would have spent that on room service. Well, maybe it's he, part. Yeah, you can, I mean, that's all speculation, right? But, but they would have had more money, so you're probably not looking at having to move yeah. one of those key players that they've had to move in the last couple of seasons. Maybe, maybe it's Artemi Panarin. Yeah, you don't have to move. And again, it's you have the Bickle contract. I mean, there there are a lot of things that played into this. It was not to to frame this in any way, and we're not doing that. But but for anybody to frame it as this is an issue of Taves' contract and Seabook's contract, well, no, that there were a lot of other smaller deals that prevented them from making moves that they needed to make a while ago. It is remarkable how they've gotten to this point. Somebody should write a story about it. Look at Patrick Kane's stats, by the way, over the last three seasons: one hundred six points in two thousand fifteen sixteen. He had 89 and 82 games last year, and he's got 53 and 53 games this year. You can't, you can't complain about his level of production. He's still doing it. No, I don't think you complain, and that's remarkable because he's doing it on on a yeah. wing where he doesn't really have a whole lot of center he's help. He's on a wing when he's playing with like Artem Anisimov. But I, I guess the the bigger question is if you're going to pay a, a wing ten and a half million dollars a year, is there anything they can do to live up to that? That much, I don't even want to but say I that much money, the percentage of the cap. Patrick Kane's a, a unique player in that sense, though, because he doesn't behave like a, a center in the defensive zone, but he does in the offensive zone. So he, he creates a lot of their offense, and he carries the puck. So he does, he does some things like a center in the offensive zone. So I think you can justify that money for him. But, again, you just read off his stats. Look what he's been doing. Those three years, Chicago hasn't won a single playoff but, series. But I don't, so that, I don't think but you I think that blame on him. I don't. I, that's what I'm saying. Because t- to me, I don't look at it and I say, Patrick Kane's contract's handicapping the team. I say Seabrook and Taser's contracts are handicapping mm-hmm. the team. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. Here's, because, look, if, if, if Patrick Kane hit the open market with his stats, yeah. he would get about that. He would get a deal like that. Yeah, if now Seabrook he would. If Seabrook or Taser signed the deal, $10.5 million was a was a much bigger oh, of course. percentage, too. But, I mean, they signed that knowing the cap is going to go up at some point. But and then it but, if, but if Seabrook or Tace hit the market, they wouldn't get the deals they have now. And I think that's the no. difference. Are they living up to what close to what market value would be? A 100-point winger is going to get 
around $10 million now. I'm just saying, th- in theory, what would, what, he's going to be an 80-point winger probably this year, a point per game, mm-hmm. and they might miss the playoffs. So if you're paying somebody $10.5 million on the wing, what are you asking from them, 120 points? Because a point per game should be plenty. I don't, I don't, I mean, yeah, a point, uh, yeah, point per game is, is fine. And how much offense is he generating? In other words, what are the guys around him doing with the chances he creates for them? Nothing. You have to look at that as much as anything. And I think he's still creating that kind of offense. It's got to be. not getting it from enough, enough places. And, and again, they're just, they're not on offense enough because their blue line is so bad. I just yeah I don't know I think that that this, there may be a lesson here for other teams that you really I don't know that you can afford to pay a wing that much money because there's not anything they can do to get you into the playoffs by themselves or if you're going to do that you better be really smart with all your other deals because you're right Chicago's Chicago's picture is a little clouded because they have so much money tied up in Brent Seabrook and other mm-hmm. contracts they have signed along the way but sometimes yeah. you can't pay a, a center that kind of money and get into the playoffs if you're the Edmonton Oilers you yeah might okay have two guys and. Oh, look, they still can't get you into the playoffs because there's not enough around you. So McDavid, <laughs> was it Monday night when he had the four goals and the assists? Ugh. Scored basically every possible, not like shorthanded power play, empty net, not that sort of every possible way you can score. But if you watch the goals, they were all pretty different. And he picks up an assist. The next game, he had a goal and an assist, I believe. And Edmonton's not making the playoffs. So whose situation is worse for the next, let's say, three years, Chicago or Edmonton? Because they're both in such a unique scenario where they have star players, but it's not working. I'm going to say – that's tough. That's a, good, that's a really good question, actually. Thank you. I don't like giving you credit for much, but that's a good question. Okay, you didn't look at me when you said it, so nobody really knows who you're talking to. Because just like Patrick Kane, in fact, to even to a bigger extent, what more can Connor McDavid really do? I mean, I guess he could get better defensively at, at the center position, but it's not like he's bad defensively. And I don't, he hasn't scored a lot of goals this year until recently, but that's also what Connor McDavid is. And it's not like he doesn't score. He's just, I don't know, what, what do we think his ceiling for goals in a year is? Like 30 to 35? I don't know. I don't know if I'm willing to put that, that ceiling on him yet because I want to see him develop more mm-hmm. as a player. I, he, there's, there's a side of me that thinks he can, and not that he's going to be Wayne Gretzky, but if he decides he wants to be more of a goal scorer, I think he could be. So does he have to? Because you're right. We just watched him score five goals in two games. That's 60-goal upside. Does he have to? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he needs to stop passing. Yes, Look at their wings. I mean, they've been playing dry side on the wings on this season. That, that shows you how desperate they are. Look at their wings. I've never we need seen... to bring up Patrick Maroon's name again on our podcast. I've never seen He's going to be on a bingo card soon. A, a team that, that takes an asset like Leon Dreisaitl and pays him a ton of money. As, and part of the reason you're paying him a ton of money after really one excellent year is because he's a center, and then you move him to wing because you don't have anybody else on your roster. And by the way, Dreisel, two of those wings. Yeah, and also Dreisel's been really good, too. Yes, like yes. It's McDavid, Dreisel. Nugent Hopkins has actually been fine this year. He's bounced back a little bit. Everything else is just... But doesn't that concern you more if you're an Oilers fan? The, the guys you're paying the money to are performing, and you're still going to miss the playoffs. Yes. But that's what we all thought when, yes. they, when they traded Hall and they traded Eberle for nothing. You're saying those were bad moves? Yeah, they were. <laughs> um, let me pull up my notes here on my phone because it's and also 2007. The, and again, and they're trying to figure out, you know, where's Puliarvi fit in their system. You know, I mean, there, there are a lot of things that just... Hopefully he can play four top six well, forward I mean, he's, spots. He's one of the few bright spots for, in terms of, uh, you know, upcoming players. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's... Because there's just not a lot there until they win the lottery again, as we've already established. Even that's not going to help, really, is it? I guess I they'll, take, they'll take Dollins. Dollins and have I mean, they, they, they could use him. Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, so this is actually a year winning the lottery would will help the Oilers. Winning it the year of McDavid and winning it this year because it's a defenseman. So, yeah, I, I'll give you that. What is their cap situation next year? Poor. Projected cap hit is $60 million right now. So they could have $20 million in cap space, but they have some plenty of decisions to make. Actually, when you look at the players that are UFAs on that team, mm-hmm. you're letting them all walk. Oh, well, you're not, uh, you're not a big Mark Letestu guy? Or Patrick Miru or Mike Camilleri? Yeah, Strom, we see how much he makes. I, I, but, yeah, uh, whatever. 
I, I would Darnell Nurse. Somebody say goodbye worried. there too. Okay. So I, they, maybe they have some flexibility. Maybe they're they're looking at some flexibility to do some things to fill in on the wings and. But on the flip side, defenseman. they're not trying to add one player. They need to add like seven players. They need a lot of help on the wings. Yeah. I'll say that they need a lot of help on the wings. But that, those are the easiest yeah. positions to fill in. So that's true. Maybe they can do something in free agency. I still think they need more help on their blue line. But yeah, their blue their blue line is nothing special. But that's where you draft Dolan. With the first pick, there you go. and then you go out and add. You're saying that the nine goals for Milan Lucic is not enough for what they're paying him? Yeah, he's the he's the worst contract on the team. Who do you think is the worst contract in the NHL? In the NHL? Yeah, wow. off the top of your head. Off the top Without of my head. Without looking at anything. <laughs> I mean, because I would think that it's probably on Edmonton, the way things are structured. Well, I guess Seabrooks is it's not great. Um, it's weird now in the NHL. Even Carey Price's contract isn't great despite the fact that he's a great goalie. So since I'm getting such deep answers from both of you, I'm going to move on. No, I'm, I'm looking at something very interesting. Okay. I'm looking at the cost per point oh. in the league right now. It's right now. It's he wasn't supposed to look at things, though, right? He was just no, supposed go to ahead. a hot go take without any research or I'm reporting. just envious because I can't look at anything. So right now the most cost per point is Andre Sequeira. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay, but take take defense, uh, take defense out, out of it. it. Zach Parise. Oh, yeah, he's, but he's been hurt, yeah. so like I'm trying to say, a guy that's played a full season so far. Well, uh, we talked about Yoy Laterra. That that that's probably the winner. Wow, that's not the that's not the name I expected. I expected a much bigger contract. That was a rare Minnesota Wild reference on our podcast, by the way. I'd like to uh, just look at the analytics and see which teams we talk about the least. I'm, I'm guessing they're high on the list. Uh, they're in a playoff spot. By yeah, why the way, is that? Playing very right. well. So players that have played. I'm trying to say, what, what should I do? The Jamie minimum just here? moved right past the Minnesota. I did. Wild. He heard it. And yeah, just, yeah, this is like him with and, Ottawa and last we're year. We're still not talking about that. Let me. Let me. While oh, he's oh, doing oh, that, yeah. Old friend uh, Michael Stone has a as is the leader for more than 50 games played, cost per point. He did score the game winning goal against the Blackhawks the other night. I don't think they brought in Michael Stone for offense. He tends to shoot a little wide of the net sometimes. Did they bring him for his defense? What did they bring him in for? <laughs> to score Let's the game with a goal against Chicago. Um, He's a good guy. That's got to get you something. In case you're wondering, top five in uh, cost per point for this year. Marcia Sow's number one. Uh, Connor McDavid, Braden Point, Matthew Barzal, and Miko Rantanen. Wait, so Marcia Sow's ahead of Connor McDavid mm-hmm. in cost per point in a good way, and McDavid's yes. still on his entry-level deal this year. Yes. Marcia Sow, $14,423 per point. Conrad David, 14683 Can you sort that by goal? I can. Okay, good. While you do that, I'm going to run through some of the teams I don't remember ever talking about on this podcast. All right, Craig? Okay. Uh, I tried Ottawa a lot last year, and even when they got to the Eastern we Conference talked about finals. Ottawa plenty. How many times have we talked about Eric Carlson? That, that qualifies as Ottawa Senator discussion. Okay, right, I'm ready when you are. Don't, we don't need to get violent about it. I'm just throwing okay, out some teams. Stop throwing things ready when you are, Luke. Apologize. Um, Detroit, we don't talk about them very much. No. Jamie likes talking about them. Florida, I'm noticing a lot of these teams we don't talk about. It's because Jamie makes a face and then gets angry when we bring them well, up. And also they suck. Well, yeah, okay, but I'm just saying, like, sometimes you call have to Call me when the Red Wings trade teams. Mike Green. Then uh, I don't care. Uh, I'll call you in two and a half weeks then. Uh, Buffalo, we never talk about Buffalo. We should do an expose no, on the but Sabres. What? what, what I mean, we kind of do. We talk about Eichel's contract a lot. And Carolina? I, I bring up Carolina once a show and mention that they, they continue to never play in the first half of the season. Okay, maybe we just we need like a bingo card for teams we never talk about, and we'll see which ones we uh, hit. Carolina's so, another team that you know yeah. people they're, they're for some reason they're everybody's darling at at the beginning of every season. This is the year they break through. This is the year they break. I don't think they're making the playoffs again this year. No. By the way, the team we probably talked the least about, even though they they're in a playoff spot, is probably San Jose. Yeah, we don't say, say anything. We never talk about San Jose in in the Western Conference. I feel like we talk about most of these teams a lot, except Minnesota and San Jose. Minnesota's for whatever boring, reason. man. They're seven two and one in their last ten. They're so boring. boring. Poor they Sarah are. McClellan. Watch this boring team. And it's cold there. Yeah, it's really cold there. Um, and they're never going to win a Super Bowl. But that's it. We're not going to pile on Minnesota anymore. All right, so cost per goal, uh, number one. Er, Back so, to Jamie's time. Yes. So. Nine of the top 11 are on entry-level deals. Should but we family feud this? Well, if they're all entry-level deals. No, nine, of, nine, of the, nine of the top 11. Let's see if we can get the top five. Ready? Craig cost and I per, go back and forth. Cost per goal. Oh, man. All of, all of these in players... Yes, best. All of these players have at least 19 goals. Uh, Marcia So has got to be on there, right? Marcia So is number six. He is one of the two that are in the standard. This is garbage. Okay. <laughs> number six. <laughs> okay. At $39,000 and change per goal. Well, the entry level, I mean, like, Brock Besser is going to be up there. Number three. Okay. Um, uh, there's a standard contract at number two. 
Really? Standard contract. Wow. A non-entry-level contract. All right, you're going to have to tell us because we're just going to have dead Braden points, number one. The standard contract, William Carlson, number two. (laughs) Besser, three. Austin Matthews, also tied for third. Line A, fourth. Or line A, fifth, technically. Marshall, so sixth. Brinkett, seven. Connor McDavid, eighth. Jack Eichel, ninth. He's not on his big deal yet. Nikolai Ehlers, tenth. Vegas has two players on that list. Yes. This would be a good story. Who are the best bargains in the NHL this year? Mm Mm-hmm. And you should write it. I, maybe I will, and I okay. can tell you right now, spoiler alert, William Carlson is going to be the focal point. Jamie, that will be the lead of my Sunday column, so Luke can't write that now. I'm going to okay. write that on Friday. The worst, uh, Mark Stahl. <laughs> but I'm going to go for a forward here. Yeah, um, a forward. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find a forward here that's played a bunch, at least a bunch of games. 43 games. Ryan Callahan. Ma- Ryan Callahan and Marcus Kruger and Henrik Sedin. Those are the three worst. Boy, how the mighty have fallen. Marcus Kruger. Who's on waivers today, contract. by the way? They got rid of that contract. I'll give them that. They did. Hey, let's talk a little Minnesota Wild. Jonas Bedin, <laughs> out three to four weeks. Yeah. See? Look, I had him on the list. Yeah. I'm sorry. Jamie's wife. checked out. What, Minnesota it? Wild? Are we good? Oh, okay. cool. Yeah, well, we were just talking about the fact that they're in a playoff position right now. Because they never lose at home. 18-4-4 yeah. four four at home this year. Ah, I love this home. Minnesota Wild talk. It's invigorating. Keep going. <laughs> All right. I guess that's it. Now, oh, that was sarcastic. I would be, my, again, Well, you Colorado, the top four defenseman, it's going to put a... That's going to put a hurt on you in this race. I'm going to keep naming teams that are below them in the standings and tell me which would be more fun to watch in the playoffs. Okay, but wait. Before you Colorado. This, Colorado yes, would be yes, more fun. Calgary. Yes, Anaheim. Yes, yes, Chicago. Yes, Edmonton. Yes, Vancouver. Okay, no. now we can stop. Hold on. Why is Minnesota so boring? Because they've had this stigma attached to them for like the last three or four they're, years. they're New York Rangers West. This is what the Rangers did for a number of years, is have no really high-end players but have a lot of pretty decent players and... They go on big runs when their goaltender's hot. They're, they're almost impossible to beat. And then they go like two weeks where they, they don't win a game. So is, is it partially because nobody really believes they're a cup threat? And so at that point, it's just kind of they're taking up a playoff spot if you're not a Minnesota fan. Yes. Yeah, pretty much. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That would be it in a nutshell. <laughs> they're, they're the like Kansas who, City Chiefs. Who on this roster would you call an elite player? Um, Eric Stahl's been good. Eric Stahl's been, been very, very good. good. Michael Granlund's been good. But like that's about it. But I mean, they. This is why I'm bringing it up. Minnesota, like that state, deserves to win a Stanley Cup, mm. and they went out and spent a ton of money on Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter a few years ago. Like they, they tried to be an exciting team. They tried to bring in elite level talent, and what they've gotten is just kind of being a playoff team every year. Typically yeah, well, losing again, to Chicago. I bring up the Rangers, but they they haven't gotten. With all due respect to Grayle and Stahl, they don't have a number one center. Yeah, I think that's they, a they perfect don't have analogy. A they, have, they have a bunch of good players. Yes. They don't have any They're game solid. changers. They're a very solid team that yep. is solid but unspectacular. So in the, the Western sort of wild story in the Western Conference this year, that to me sounds like a team that if they sneak into the playoffs and get hot at the right time, could actually do some damage because the West is so wide open this year. Any hope for Minnesota winning a couple playoff series or couple? Are we write them off? Couple? Yeah, couple, couple no. What, right now they have to run through Vegas, and then... Because Vegas their first-round matchup right now? Yeah. Right. So they're out in one. One game? No. I mean, well. <laughs> yeah, one game playoff. They had a single elimination, yes, because it would be in Vegas. Between the two best home teams in hockey. It would be Vegas's first playoff game ever. The emotion in the place would be just insane. They might do to them what they did to the Coyotes on opening night. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pencil in Vegas's first home playoff game as, oh, as a win. win. Yeah. Me too. Take the over. Beyond Take that, it's all up in the air. But that first game, what if, if Vegas and Minnesota played a best of seven series? Every home game should be a win, right? And it would be one of those Pretty series much. where it was all the road teams winning for well, some. Reason. I mean, Vegas is, is a decent road team too, so I don't know. I don't know that you can lock that one up. But Minnesota's not a very yeah. good road team, so it, yes, I think they would lose all their games. Yeah, in I Vegas. mean, if, if Dubnik goes on the run like he did a couple years ago to, uh, in the middle of the season, anything is possible. But and I look just, at that David Dubnik playoff run. That oh wait, that hasn't happened, has it? Yeah, sarcasm in the show today. I, it's, it's just yeah, it's uncalled. I don't see Minnesota going anywhere. Although Mark Andre Fleury sinking the the Golden Knights in the playoffs would be kind of a little bit funny. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Could be a little funny. Funny laid an egg in the playoffs again. It's true. Nobody's talked about that yet. Everybody's just putting oh, we'll Vegas right into the cup. We'll get there. But he was—he's been good when called upon in the playoffs. Now, see, now all these Penguins cups are blurring together. But what was the year? Well, all these Penguins cups are blurring. Well, the interesting together. thing Last is he was, he was better good. the year they lost in the Cup Finals yes. to Detroit than he was in the year they won. Correct. Yeah, his numbers weren't that great the year they won. But even in the last two years, last year, I mean, Murray got hurt before the first game, mm-hmm. and Flurry was the reason. It, without Flurry last year, they don't win the cup. Uh, without Flurry in 2012, they probably win the cup. So I guess it all evens out in the end. But 
Vegas is always Vegas fits the mold of the team I've long said that Flurry should be on in the sense that like when he was on Pittsburgh, Flurry's the sort of goalie that can win you a game by himself or lose you a game by yourself. But when you have the weapons Pittsburgh has, you don't need a goalie like that. Whereas Vegas wasn't supposed to have William Carlson wasn't supposed to be the next Gretzky. They were supposed to be a team just trying to grind out wins. Then you want a goalie like Fleury because over the course of 82 games, he's going to get you wins, and maybe he'll steal you a couple in the playoffs. And when he gives them away in the playoffs, maybe you weren't going to win anyway. But now the way that team is set up, I, that's that's an interesting subplot to the playoffs because I think we can pencil them in. I don't think we have to pretend that they're not in just yet. Uh, let's talk about Ottawa because I know that that's secretly what you both want Ottawa. to bring up. Yeah. Why? Alex Burroughs is suspended for oh, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, that's an fair. eighth of the season. Yeah, he's an he's an idiot. I can't. Yeah, I can't. Say, I, I can't say well, the have words. Watch the video. I can't say the words I want to say in this podcast. It's okay. supposed to be family friendly. I have watched the video. Craig's kids listen to this podcast. Yeah, no, Craig's no, kids listen to this podcast. Nobody in my family listens to this podcast. Okay. Or reads anything I write. Well, yeah, and Lisa was Luke. To be fair, Not that I'm I listen to the podcast occasionally. Well, you're on the podcast. Well, you're on it. So. You're almost like legally obligated. Sometimes you listen to what we're saying. I, I like to go back when I'm driving in here for the following week and listen to the previous. No, I even, I even did today to figure out where you guys way. are messing up and how I can make you both better. And sometimes it's just not possible. Yeah, correct. I'm yeah. awesome already. Thank I, do, you. I do the best I can. Yes, that's not exactly what I was saying. Uh, Ten games about right. Taylor Hall seemed happy with it. Did Leftovers mute my mic again? I don't know if that means he just did or he didn't. I don't, I don't know what happened. Here. I, will, I will not stand for it. I don't have One headphones on. Two knee punches. How many knee punches do you throw? Uh, two, right? At least. A two that you can see in frame. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a word, by the way? Or no, but we'll, we'll allow it. I think just kneeing is fine. It feels like... Kneeing to the head. Yeah. Which, if you haven't seen it, he's not like the Karate Kid. They're both laying on the ice. Yeah. And I don't... Did he think that nobody was going to realize that he was kneeing Taylor it's, Hall? You mean those like three officials that are Burrows. standing right around it as he's doing it? Yeah. He bites I, people. Like, what, we're looking for logic from Alex Burroughs? Yeah, that was Bush League. Ten games is good. That might be it for Ottawa making the playoffs this year. Yeah, that <laughs> did, might be it. You, I'm sorry, did you That's have it. Ottawa in, in your playoff race? <laughs> Um, that, that may help them fall below Buffalo. Oh, wait, no, that's not happening. No. Buffalo probably won't earn seven more points the rest of the season. So uh, Let's quickly talk about the Metro Division because okay. I have long accepted it as the best division in hockey this year. Wait, what? Do we feel like that's still the case? No. No. Okay, well, which divisions are better? Because the Atlantic isn't. They, that's a three-team division. Two of the division. four? Wait, oh, oh we're, we're going top to bottom? Yes. Are we looking for, we? oh, this entire division is mediocre, so that's neat. Oh, the whole Metro isn't mediocre. Pittsburgh and Washington are good. New Jersey's over. Is Washington, I don't know if the Capitals are any good or if they're just doing what the Capitals do in the regular season before they bow out. Well, before we get too philosophical here, I'll just point out that they that have 31 philosophical wins. philosophical yeah, Well, but when you start historically asking... Historically based. Yes. <laughs> if you ask if Washington is really good and they have one of the better records in the NHL, the only way I can answer it is yes, right now they're good. In April, maybe not so much. I'll leave it when I see it. Okay, yeah. but but yes. right now, does it, nothing, this doesn't matter. I don't know. Right I, now, doesn't matter. It does for the purposes of which which divisions the central, are are the, the best right better. now. Yes, the central is better, and, the best and that's it. And that's it. And those are the two divisions that have traded being the best division in hockey the, for the last the, five years. The top three teams in the Atlantic are really good. The bottom five are that's barely true. NHL teams. That's the problem. Then. Yeah. This. Look at goal differentials. Let's look at goal differentials. I, I love it when you pull up stats. Where's you know Washington? I can't look at on my phone. No, is is that a? I'm sorry. Uh, now I have to turn my phone sideways. Okay. Hey, Luke, guess what Washington's goal differential is? Plus. Plus what? I have no idea. It's plus 40. 11. Their goal differential is only plus 11? Yes. Maybe they're not that good. Well, huh. Pittsburgh's only plus three. Yeah, well, Pittsburgh wasn't a playoff team until like three weeks ago. Thus the narrative that the Metropolitan is a mediocre division. But still better than the Pacific and the Atlantic. Top to... I, I don't know how you measure that. When I have three teams that... You, we, we just talked about two of the three teams that we think can win the Cup yeah. from the Eastern Conference being from the Atlantic Division. Right, and, and Toronto is, is a very good team. Yeah. So I, I don't know how we're measuring that. If we're, I'll we're measure saying, it. If we're saying the bottom teams in the Metropolitan yes. are better than the top bottom to, teams in the Atlantic, Top to bottom, fine. it's the Central. If, yes. it's the, if, we're, if we're skewing it to, to heavily weight the playoff caliber teams, it's the Atlantic. I um, Okay. That's fine. I, I'll come up with a way to do it. The Atlantic might have the two best teams in hockey. Might. 
but then they have they might have the five five of like the seven worst teams in hockey too. That has to account for something. This you can't go with the SEC argument that Alabama's good, so the SEC is the best conference every year, even though Vanderbilt's barely a five team. Five of the seven worst. Okay. All right. You don't think? Maybe. Well, I mean, I'm looking at Arizona and Vancouver and Edmonton. All in that mix. They're all in the West. The Pacific is not the best division in hockey. No, it's not. We're gonna. I, I'll do this after the show. Points per team in the division. That's what we'll do per game in the standings. Maybe there's a shorter way to say that stat. There, there's a much shorter way. Points <laughs> we'll per figure game. It out. Is this our poll question? I don't even know what you're talking about. Sure. This will be our poll question. <laughs> points in the standings no, per just team. Just points per game. We understand it's in the standings. That's okay. where points go. All right. But per team. <laughs> yeah. Points per team. You have to say in the standings. For some Super people, you will. Words. They'll be like, wait, which team scores the most points? And then I don't want to have to deal with that argument. Uh, the Olympics. <laughs> what, what, what a, a transition. Woo. Uh, they exist. This is what happens when I don't have notes, and I'm just doing this all by memory. When are the opening ceremonies, by the way? Uh, tomorrow? Uh, 4 a.m. Arizona time tomorrow. Two days after the events up. start. Will you be up? I will not be. Neither will I. Why, why are there allowed to be events before the opening ceremonies? There always are events before the yeah, opening ceremonies. Yeah, but why? Because you need to have enough time to complete tournaments, so sometimes you need to get that stuff started early. So just curling. So we're start, talking about. have the opening ceremonies earlier. Yeah. Why, why do they it's, it's a fair question. Yeah, fair question. I may be up for them. If a train goes by my house, I may be up when the opening ceremonies are going. Other than that, probably not. Herm Edwards? Herm. Oh, Herm, 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 oh. Herm's conducting a train hey. past Craig's house. Hey. Hey, you're the first, the official Herm Edwards beat writer now, so. I am? Yeah. yeah. Okay. We just declared it. We need a nickname for you. <laughs> okay. Um, but we won't come up with it right now. You guys are both going to try and tell me that you're not going to watch the Olympics. No, it'll be back on the I'll watch. I'm going to wake up at 4 a.m. to do it. There's a thing called a DVR that I can use. I also, I genuinely like the Winter Olympics. So do I. I am disappointed that we're going to have no good hockey players from North America playing. Yeah. That's not awesome because I love Olympic hockey, but I will still watch a lot of the events. Who wins the gold? Sweden? Sweden. Sweden. We're all in on Sweden. We've been on Sweden since September, right? Yeah. Who wins the bronze? Uh, Bronze. I didn't say silver. Bronze will be the Finland. athletes of Russia. Oh, see, I think the athletes of <laughs> Russia will get second. Do we have a name for that? Is that what they're calling them? Oh, yeah, yeah. athletes from Russia. Yeah, athletes from Russia is what yeah, they're calling. Yeah, like athletes of Russia. It's, it's AOR. And what happens when they play the anthems or when they raise the flags? What do they do? I think it's they raise the Olympic flag. They raise the Olympic. I believe. Flag. Yeah, they okay. just raise the five rings on the flag and they play some generic song. That's weird. Maybe, maybe like something by OAR because they're the that, Olympic that athletes of Russia. See, uh, but I think they're bronze. Uh, I mean, Finland's in the conversation. Those are your three teams. Russia. Yeah. Well, yeah. You said Russia? Okay. Yeah. Canada and, and the U.S.? Not I, Russia. That's athletes. Yeah. I don't, of athletes Russian descent. Russia. Athletes formerly known as Russia. Who's better between the U.S. and Canada, just on paper? Um, <laughs> Ugh. Um, <laughs> Ugh. All right, I suppose you both answered that question. I don't I believe... The Tucson Roadrunners. I was looking... So, Canada. I was, uh, I was looking at... There's actually odds for who's going to win the gold medal. And uh, Sweden the favorite? No, Russia. Or Russia. the Olympic athletes of Russia was the favorite. Yeah, I could see Russia winning this. I, I really could. And then I believe... It's a big deal to them. Tied for second was Sweden and Canada. So am I missing something with Canada? Uh, my, well, I mean, sometimes Canada. it's money. I'm looking up the, the current odds right now just to see. Unless I imagine another team. Men. But Finland was like fourth or fifth. I, I mean, I, I would take Finland. Yeah. The top so right now, Finland it's, always performs well on these. Yeah. These yeah. yeah. Russia's the favorite. Canada is number. Canada and Sweden tied for second. Mm-hmm. Which who's picking Canada over Sweden this I, year? I don't understand that. Finland fourth. Czechs then USA, Switzerland, Germany, Slovakia, Norway, Slovenia, and the Republic of Korea. Oh. I, I do not like their chances. <laughs> but if there was ever a year for an upset in the Olympic hockey tournament, this would be that year. Sweden's got Dahlin, too, correct? Mm-hmm. He's playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm taking Sweden. We have to come out of betting retirement. Um, how long have you... athletes of Russia. Okay. Cool. Sweden, By the way, uh, Sweden I'll... wins the silver. On the women's side, the uh, USA women's favorites. favorites. The, the bronze is crazy to me. Sweden odds wins on the silver. Favorite, Did they throw the silver into the crowd? Uh, the USA women. They're odds on favorites. Canada number two, Finland number three. Last thing, the athletic. Slowly taking over the continent? The world. We just talked about this. They're going to be in Moscow before they come to Phoenix. Yeah. I like it when Craig gets mad that I'm bringing up something he put in the show notes. <laughs> just not fair. See, he wants to vent. There's no anger in my voice. Hmm. There was some disdain. New York and Dallas. New York and Dallas on board. Yes. 
Yeah. And by the way, shout out. Um, Shayna Goldman is going to be contributing uh, to the Athletic New York. Sean Shapiro sure. is going to be contributing to Athletic Dallas. Nice. Both do excellent work. Did, I should say past and did excellent is work it, for is us. Is Sean the guy? Yeah. Yeah. And they both did excellent work for us. So please, if you, haven't, if you don't follow them already, follow them now. I have nothing but nice things to say about both of their work. You can follow them both on Twitter at the Natty Hattie. No. <laughs> They're sharing an uh, account. Shayna's, I can't, she has like a, it's like, hey, I don't remember how many Y's are in her Twitter handle. I have to look that up. Just type Y for a while. It's like, hey, Gilbert. Shay, and I don't know how many Y's. It's three in each. Three in each. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. okay. Uh, both excellent. That, that, long story short, hey both spelled like good. the, you know, food that horses eat, not Yeah, hey. not hey, hey like up, hey. Shay? Yeah. yeah. You both excellent. Follow them. And their journey can tweet into the show at the Natty Hattie. You can email into the show thenaturalhattrick at gmail.com. I can't read any of those right now because I don't have electricity on my side of the uh, studio. But in the future, we will read those questions. I believe that's a weird way of putting that. You don't have electricity on your side. There's plenty of electricity. There's not electricity going. You don't have, your, into you don't have your computer charger. Yes. It seems like a you problem. But I don't. Not a studio I didn't problem. say it was the studio's problem. I said on my side of the studio, there's you, no you electricity. Chris is squeezing his stress ball again. If you were sending in tweets or questions this week, uh, we'll get to that next do week. No, That's do it. Luke 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 just don't do it. Tweet at Luke Lipinski all your hate. Uh, that's uh, that's that's not really something I need. All right, we good? Anything else? You guys want to go back to talking about Korea's chances in the Olympics? Please, no. No. Okay. For Craig Morgan, for Jamie Eisner, for Leftovers, I'm Luke Lipinski. Thanks for listening to the Natural Hattrick Podcast.